Friday. Here we are again. Happy um, Friday. Happy Friday. Um, I love that intro. The little music kind of like sets the tone. There is a there is a period in that music though that I feel like it slows down, and then I'm like, are we gonna pick up again? And then go oh, kind of like life. Life slows down, and then you have. Are we gonna pick up again? Yeah. 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 So my week. <laughs> there you go. So uh, welcome everybody who is joining us live here for your Kick-Ass Career Weekly Wrap-Up uh, for Friday, August 12th. What the heck? Where is that time going? I know. Um, that's nuts. And for those of you who are joining in for the replay, we're glad you're here too. Um, if you are here live uh, or then in replay, please drop us a comment. Let us know where you're um Calling in from sounds so strange, but that's all I can think of. Uh, time, you know, back in the radio days, and uh, we're gonna get started with our weekly wrap up um, on kind of how the week was for us. And again, we'd love to know how your week was as well. Louise, you want to kick it off? Uh, I would love to kick it off. Uh, I started my week um, with a new planner. Um, I wanted to shake things up a little bit, and so I uh, invested in. A happy planner. Um, I want to be happy when I plan. Um, and so then I plan happier things. Um, and it's gone pretty well. It's an experiment for me. I went from a bullet journal um, to this calendar planner. And so I'm just kind of experimenting, seeing what I like, what I don't like. Um, and so that's kind of been my week. I do feel like I've stretched myself a little bit in some places, knowing that I have, I feel like I have a limited uh, capacity this week emotionally to put out there. Um, I've still been able to focus on the important things and move myself forward where I feel, I'm feeling accomplished, although exhausted at the end of the day, I am feeling accomplished. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good this Friday. Good, good. Yeah, it's hard when you are managing, um, and we're going to be talking about this today uh, very directly, but when you're carrying a lot of emotions, it is hard to step fully into um, your week the way that you may want it to look. So um, kudos to you for finding your happy journal and for finding ways to play with how you want to do planning um, in a joyful way. Um for, uh, for me, joy and play has been uh, a big theme this week. Um, I haven't necessarily leaned into it as much as I would like to, but I have every intention of doing so this evening. Um, it is actually the first night since 2020 that my husband and I are going to be alone. Um, we are going to have a proper date this evening. Um, I believe that my husband just gave us a thumbs up for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, we have a proper date. Hey, Laura, so good to see you. Um, and uh, I'm excited to just be playful and be in that space of just, um, I, I said the, the one rule for tonight is I don't want to talk about anything that we normally talk about. I don't want to talk about the house and plans and the future. Like, that's all can be fun stuff. But, like, let's play with getting to know each other again. This has been a really long time that even we've had private conversations, like that idea of being being playful and getting to know each other, even after all this time, woohoo is right, honey. Woohoo is right. <laughs> I got a big old woohoo from my husband on let's play and get to know each other again. Because it's true. 
whether it is friendships, whether it is your lover, whether it is your spouse, your partner, your, your parent, we tend to think we know all the stories about them already. And yet there's so much, like we met in our late thirties, early forties, and there's so much about each other that we still haven't uncovered. So let's see if we can find some of those nuggets. So that's, that's the playfulness I'm talking about. I did in my business find some playfulness over the last couple of days as well. I'm super excited about where it's uh, headed in terms of some uh, new language around um, how I'm putting myself out there to make it a little clearer to people who are like, mm, WTF, what is it that you do? <laughs> Those of us in uh, this industry may feel quite often. So um, should we dive in and talk about what we're going to talk about today? Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's a... A topic near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've been posting a little bit on LinkedIn, uh, just about kind of like how to how to navigate. Because when I did go into the office every day uh, in my corporate life, like emotions run high for me. Um, I wear my heart on my sleeve all of the time. Uh, you get a pretty good idea of who I am when I walk into a room by looking at my face. And so it's, it's, I can't wait to talk about emotions at work today. I love it. I, I also, do you consider yourself a, a highly sensitive person? There's that term highly sensitive person. Yeah, no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> a sensitive person. Um, am I sensitive? Um, I am. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, Perhaps, right? Like wearing my emotions on my sleeve, like wearing my heart on my sleeve. I do take things um, really personally. Uh, and uh, I, I do feel, however, that I have been limited in my vocabulary around emotions for quite some time because that's not how I was raised, right? We didn't talk about them. You didn't talk about emotions when when I was a kid. That was just not something you did. And so kind of tapping in to what my emotions are, it's often felt like I had one big emotion and I had one reaction for many, many things. And so I, I don't know that I would say I was sensitive in, in, in the sense that I know knew all the time what my emotions were, but um, I very much um, had emotions that all of my emotions come out of my eye call. It, I, I can attest to that of getting on calls with you and <laughs> like, no, 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 we're not continuing until we actually talk about what's happening right here. Um, so it's interesting because we were kids at the same time, like we're about the same age. So we were kids uh, at the same time. And I grew up where we talked about emotions all the time. And so for me, emotions were very normalized in my household. So when I went out into the world and like, and, and then I was in the theater department, uh, I was theater major in my undergrad. So like emotions were, you just felt them all the time, all the feelings, all the time. So when I then went into the corporate sector and then into practicing law, oh, doggy, it was like, these people had never seen an emotion before and they didn't know, they didn't have a clue what to do with it. Right. And it made me feel like crap about myself, like, oh, what was wrong? And then I realized, oh, there's nothing wrong. We're just talking a different language. Right. Right. It, because it is, it's, it's a, it's a different way of, of speaking, but it's all still your favorite word. It's all still data. 
<laughs> so I'm going to share, I'm going to share a little thing here, right? Because this, I feel like talks a little bit to what we were, what we were just saying. What do people think emotional means, right? Mostly when people, when I was growing up, this wasn't what emotional meant. It, but when I went out into the work world, it was, it meant if somebody said you were being emotional, it was being irrational, weak and unprofessional. Right. But I think our conversation is definitely going to lead us to, to the end result here, which is what people, what emotion really is, is, is just being human. We're, we're, we're human beings and we have emotions. Um, this was done by Liz and Molly, and you can uh, check them out at lizandmolly.com, and I'll include the stuff in the show notes as well. Um, but they have a a tremendous breadth of information and it's, it's done in these little graphics, um, on their website and on their, um, Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, I know, um, Adam Grant sh shares a lot of their stuff as well, because it's really about the emotions and, and humanity in the workplace. So I asked those questions about, um, do you consider yourself a highly sensitive person or a sensitive person? Because I think how we define ourselves with our emotions is kind of that that first level of awareness. Like, how do we even respond to emotions ourselves before we even put ourselves in the workplace? Oh, yeah. Well, just even, like, how do we respond to stuff, right? Like, <laughs> and, and, and I think that, like, there's a, there's a, there's a self-awareness piece that I think really kind of underlies some of our, like, this emotional conversation that we're having is to be self-aware of the emotion that you're having and then how it comes out of your body, right? Yeah. Like, Or not. Or not. Or not. Um, but I think that part is about like being in choice as well. Um, we don't always, at least for myself, I don't want to walk around being unemotional. That's not who I am. And that would feel really... Uh, really, really sticky if I was in a place when I was in a place where that just didn't happen. Um, yeah. And it, it's, I think it's a, it's a struggle for a lot of women who are in male dominated industries where we generally, um, and I'm, I'm totally generalizing, but when you walk into a place that holds a different value system than yourself around um, emotional regulation and like what's, what's appropriate or professional, like you showed in your graph and what's clearly not. And, and I think that, um, that becomes a struggle because it really isn't who you are. And we've talked about this before on other episodes, right? Like when you're in a place that doesn't jive with who you are, including your emotions and, and who you are and all of that, then it gets really sticky and, and, can feel really, really crunchy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in that generalization, I know that there are lots of people um, across the gender spectrum that um, feel things very deeply and don't, and, and feeling those things deeply can feel othering in the workplace. It's like, mm -hmm. if I'm in this space, how is it okay for me to have these emotions, let alone express the emotions, right? When, when we're told, when we have these voices, um, and these stories, we may not even actually hear the voices, but stories that we walk in where we are not allowed to show emotion. Um, 
So I, I will throw out today's episode. I have, I have three true, true or false questions that I want to get to. Um, true or false, being emotional or crying in particular will ruin your career at work, will ruin your career. False. 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 What does everybody else think? So if you're live, <laughs> do you think that crying at work will ruin your career? Because that's a story many of us have. It's like I, they, they can't see me cry. I know you and I have talked about the, you know, the times of, of being in the bathroom crying. Crying in right? the bathroom. Can't let them see us cry. Yeah. And what is that story about, do you think? Like, why can't we let them see you you cry at work? Well, I think it goes back to kind of that graph that we carry that story around that it shows a weakness or it's unprofessional. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's, I think it goes back to that, right? It's a story or a belief that we have around those things. Um, is it, it, I'm just trying to think of my question. Is it always okay to cry at work? Well, I think if you are continually sobbing at your desk and and not, which sometimes, I mean, come on, let's let's be real. We have had those weeks where we have been in trauma, where we have had an, an, a serious emotional shift in our life. It may not have anything to do with work, but we are in a place where we cannot um, work with our emotions in a way that allows us to be productive, at least partially productive in our work, right? So emotions are going to diminish some of our ability to work, depending on the type of emotion. I'm talking about what is traditionally considered negative emotions, crying, anger, frustration. Those are going to diminish our productivity, right? Um, and if we're in a place in our lives where we haven't fully processed our emotions and we're trying to push ourselves through work, that's a message to ourselves, right? So is it bad that we're doing it? I don't think so. I think that it's not, that that it's a message that needs to be listened to, to say, where's the self-care needed? Where is the support needed? Where, right? How do you refill your mental health toolbox so you're being cared for? So I think in that sense, it's, it gives us more information, more meaning. I think if you are frustrated, I cry when I'm frustrated. It's just, it's what I cry when I'm frustrated. And if I'm frustrated in a meeting and I'm not being heard, I may cry. I may, I may have tears, but I don't find that to be inappropriate because here's the thing. It shows that I'm invested. It shows that I care about the outcome. Right. I wouldn't be frustrated if I didn't give a shit. Right. Right. And I think that that kind of takes this to the to the next level is to say, like, why? Why is this emotion happening to you at work? And so is it trauma or something that you brought into the office that day that needs to be dealt with? that requires a certain action, right? You are diminished in your, um, in your capacity, but it's not just that it's not just the trauma, but it's also like, like, 
how hard is it to work the day before you go on vacation? Um, like seriously, like, so all extreme emotions, right. Diminish your capacity to work. Like, let's just, that it is what it is. And so, so understanding what that is, um, are you, um, are you wanting, are you able to leave that at home? Um, so that you can, that you show up with more capacity, or is it a conversation that you have to say, Hey, I'm at limited capacity today because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, I just need a little support. Right. And so there's those conversations, but then there's also those emotions that come up because you're invested in your work. Right. And so understanding what those are and how you want to, um, how you want to be perceived, how you want to express those emotions, I think is that, that whole self-awareness piece. Um, I'll tell you right now, when I got frustrated, it still happens to me. It's that quiver in my voice and it is, it is there. And I will call it now to say, I'm a little bit charged right now. I'm a little bit frustrated. Um, you can probably hear it in my voice, right? So let's have a conversation about why I'm frustrated, not a conversation about, right? Like, why is this unprofessional? Yes, a hundred percent. And so one of those things about is, does crying ruin your career? Um, or does large emotions ruin your career? No, I don't think so. Particularly if you acknowledge it and speak into it. Right. Right. If you're, let's go to the other, another spectrum of anger, right? Cause anger can very much show up and you're just throwing these tirades now. Right. That's, not helpful, not only to you, but to your colleagues, right? So how do you, again, work with that emotion? You have the anger. The anger is likely very valid, right? We all have emotions and I don't want to invalidate any emotion. So if you're feeling that anger, what is it about? And how can you have a conversation where you're acknowledging that this is this anger is coming out for this reason and this is what needs to be addressed, not not shamed for it. Right. And this is one of the things that was hard for me because I am on the crying's okay. Anger is not spectrum for a long time. I'm like, no, that's not fair. It's not okay for me to say I can be emotional in my way, but you can't be emotional in your way because it makes me uncomfortable. Right. Because it's dealing with not only dealing with an acknowledging and, and working with our own emotions, but it's working with other people's. And so having that ability to right. say, okay, there's anger coming at me and I'm not comfortable with that. That makes me feel a certain way and behave a certain way. How do we turn that around? So you're allowed to feel your anger and we're dealing with the, what's underneath that constructively so that we can move through this together as a team. Right. Right. And that's bringing that capacity back. It's bringing that uh, self-efficacy back as well. Right. Like you are in control. And so figuring out what that what that looks like for yourself. I don't like we, we do get stuck in this good emotion, bad emotion. And it's it's either resourceful or it's not. Right. And so you being angry or overly excited because you're going on holiday. So let's even just go with that one, right? Like that might not be the most resourceful emotion to have at that time when you're trying to get things done, when you're trying to, right, make sure your team is looked after, um, right? Finding a resource within you 
apart, I'll say that, Laura Lively, apart within you, that it makes a lot more, um, it feels that it expands your capacity to deal with the situation at that time. I'm not saying don't show those emotions. I'm saying be in control of the ones that you want to show. Like that's really, I think, the, the heart of it for me. Like we talk about and I'm sorry, I'm just going to go on. I don't know about your other true and false questions. Do you want me to stop? You're going to keep going. If they pop in, they'll pop in. Well, I think that comes back to this idea of like emotional regulation, right? And so it's really about understanding what what resourceful, what's resourceful in the moment and what's not. How do you want to show up? How do you want to, do you, do you need to work through this, right? Is this a, a capacity issue because your energy is being pulled away by something that's happened outside of work. You need to be need to be dealing with that, right? So that you can be more resourceful in the moment while you're at work. Um, or maybe you shouldn't be at work, right? And that's a conversation too. Um, because if you need to deal with that, um, it, it's not about pushing it down, right? It's about finding ways to work through that and being resourceful. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's interesting because I know uh, before we got on here, we were talking about um, the you you were using emotional regulation. And I know a lot of people have in the past again being an emotional person, somebody who is in the spectrum of sensitive to highly sensitive individual. Um, people have told me to manage my emotions, and I've all that's always pissed me off. They've called me an emotional person to man. Go, just go to learn to manage your emotions, or you need some emotional regulation. You just gave me a whole bunch of emotions by saying that to me. So for me, I have to rework. And this is my the way that I do regulate my emotions is how do I choose to work with my emotions and how do I choose to work with the emotions of others? Because right. I'm somebody who is, I'm, um, I'm highly sensitive. Uh, I, I'm an empath. So I pick up on other people's emotions before they even speak into them, if they even ever do. So having that place of I'm feeling literally all the freaking feels all the freaking time, it's really uncomfortable. It can get really uncomfortable in my body if I don't have a way to process my emotions mm -hmm. um, or the emotions that are happening around me. And again, many people walk through life not even actually understanding that they're having those emotions. They're just right. Um, and that, that I think is that idea of like, where is your EQ? Where is your emotional quotient? Where is your emotional intelligence? Um, right. How aware, going back to that, how aware are you of your own emotions and thereby how aware can you be of other people's emotions? Um, in the workplace, I think there's a, like a third party there and that's the workplace itself. And that, Sometimes comes through HR, but I think it's everybody's responsibility is creating a safe space at work for emotions. So how do we normalize emotions at work? And again, I'm not talking about the, well, I guess in a way I am. If somebody is there either bouncing off the walls with excitement because they're leaving on, you know, a three-week uh, holiday tomorrow, let alone somebody who's sitting there sobbing because... God knows what just happened in their life. It's like either end of the spectrum, how do we create an environment where it's okay to have those emotions and yet the other people don't have to get sucked into those worlds and can have a conversation and say, you know what, you're bouncing off the walls right now is actually impacting me in a way 
I don't want you to get rid of your emotion, but can we talk about how it's impacting me? Right. How, how do we get to a more resourceful place? Yes. Yeah. 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 How do you think we can normalize that a little bit more in the workplace? Well, I think, I think it starts with, first of all, you as the individual understanding how it is that you're showing that you are showing up at work and are you showing up in a way that's integrous to who you are, right? Mm -hmm. So not, not showing up because you've like without emotion, because you feel like that's the workplace. Um, but, but really getting clear on what that looks like for you. Um, but then also, right. Knowing that you are in control of what that looks like. So you're in control of the conversations that you're having, right? So, you know, there's that emotional, the EQ piece, but there's also like a, a social um, uh, intelligence piece, I think as well, is to say like, how am I impacting others? And having conversations around, around that, I think can start to normalize what that looks like. Oftentimes, I think there are folks that really feel like they don't want to share their personal lives and mix their personal lives with their work life. And so I, I think that's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about like sitting and like spewing all of the things that are going on in your life and sharing those, those deepest feelings or emotions. Talking about is how do you feel like you can show up in a place that's resourceful for yourself and for others around you and where do those emotions fit into that? Um, so I think it starts on that level with those kinds of conversations with those who are closest to you. Well, see, that le leads to um, true or false number two. Oh. True or false, you can check your emotions at the door when you go <laughs> to work. I think a lot of people think they can. Um, I don't think it lasts very long. Um, I think you're... Um, working with diminished capacity if, if that's what you've tried to do because you haven't shown up as your whole self we talk about this all the time right kim like you're your, when you're your whole self at work um you are um you, you do your job better you're a better employee you're a better worker right you all of those things and if you're checking your emotions at the door um then it's like walking in with your pants on right Right, exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, we all did that through through uh, COVID, right? We walked into our offices without pants on, but like nobody was seeing more than this. Unless you stood up accidentally and then... Which yeah. a fair number of people did, didn't they? So, so yeah. Um, what are your thoughts, Kim? Yeah, so um, it's interesting because I'm going to go back to this idea of highly sensitive people and, and your emotional intelligence. So uh, a 2020 Forbes survey, because I know you love data, I'm bringing in survey data, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, a 2020 Forbes survey said that highly sensitive people actually make better managers because they have more awareness of the, the emotional work that's happening between the individuals on their team. Again, it's not bringing in your own whole personal history you can bring some of that into work if you want to, if that's the environment of your workplace. Absolutely. Um, but you don't have to dump everything out on, it's not like you have to empty out your pockets, or your purse every time you walk in and be like, here's all my junk. Like that, no, <laughs> be 
speaking of going to work with no pants, here's all my junk. Like you don't <laughs> need that, right? So, um, but a highly sensitive individuals have that ability to see and sense the emotional tenor of their team and of the individuals on their team easier than non-highly sensitive people. So I found that interesting. The second is people with higher EQs make more money to the <laughs> tune of over $30,000 or, or almost $30,000 a year more money than people with lower uh, emotional quotients, EQs. I think that plays into, and I don't, I don't know the study, but I would, I would make a safe bet is to say that um, it's a key component of leadership. And so with that awareness, with a high EQ, um, those folks are more inclined to be better leaders and better leaders ultimately make more money. Um, and so it is a, it's a key piece. It's that self-awareness. That's so huge. What's going on with you and how are you impacting the people around you emotionally? Um, and then how to help others, um, right? Grow their emotional uh, EQ as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the third thing about the EQ is higher EQ leads to more innovation and product and higher productivity. So the higher you, the more aware you are, the higher EQ that you have, the the more productive you'll be and the more innovative you'll be. Right. Right. And so that, I mean, we've taken emotions, I think, through this conversation and gone from like being emotional at work, right? Like being angry at work, being excited at work, crying at work. So like these really strong emotions, I think what we're talking about with emotional um your emotional quotient, your IQ around emotions is being in charge of what is going on with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. I love that. Um, I have one resource to share with folks. Um, it's going back to the graphic that I showed at the beginning. It's from Liz and Molly. Um, it is Molly West Duffy and Liz Follison, I think is how you say it. Fosslein is how you say her last name. Um, the, they, their second book is just out, but their first book, No Hard Feelings, um, is a really good read to start to understand how it, how you can talk about emotions and how you can talk about feelings in the workplace that uh, is effective, is efficient, adds to productivity, adds to team building, and it doesn't again, for those, particularly for those highly sensitive people, it doesn't other, other than because of emotions, right? We're becoming an inclusive environment of all levels of, of emotional quotient and sensitivity, um, because that's the reality is we're all different in all these different ways. And emotions is just yet another one of them. Right. And bringing your whole self to work, right? Like to build a work culture where folks are like, right, that's humanity, um, right? But where folks can be more of who they are um, just lends to so much, like more, pro I don't even want to get into it, right? But it, it just, it creates an environment that is just so nurturing, right? And where folks can do their best work. Yeah, Buster agrees, apparently. He does. Um, there's a squirrel in the yard. 
<laughs> well, he's at work. He has emotions about the squirrel being in his yard. Just doing his job. What is your golden nugget from today? Um, I really love the idea around um, right EQ and looking at emotions as a resource and not as a, as a, what do we call it? Like a, it's not, it's not, it's not bad, right? Like it's not a, it's not going to hinder me. Like, I think that goes back to that graph, right? Unprofessional, irrational. Um, not at all. When we are tuned into our emotions and we don't leave them at the door, uh, we can really leverage what that looks like. And that's my golden nugget. How about you? It's it's thinking about uh, it's very similar. It's thinking about emotions as yet another resource. I tend to think of emotions as as data points, as messages, as information, um, and understanding that they're also resources for us in the workplace as well. Was that was a really interesting part of the conversation? Definitely something I'm going to continue to noodle on. Um, we would love to know what your golden nuggets are. Those of you who are here live and those are who are checking in on the replay, let us know what your golden nuggets are. Um, we also would love to know what else you would love us to talk about. If there is anything that we touched on today that you would like us to uh, have a deeper dive on, uh, we're happy to do that. Um, so just let us know, uh, drop us a note here or um, send us an email at yourkickasscareer at gmail.com. It's true, that's our email address. <laughs> uh what's next yeah. i'm so glad you asked because we love this topic it's a gigantic rabbit hole of words that is what next week is gonna be about <laughs> we will try to keep it to around a half an hour which is mostly what we we try to do um but we are talking about why words matter Oh, words, um, the power that they can have. Um, I can't wait to dive in um, as an NLP practitioner. It's all about the language we use. All about the language. All about the language. Um, thank you, everybody who is here joining us live. Um, thank you, everybody who's checking out the replay. We are so glad that you are taking time to help develop your own kick-ass career um, as we come here to you live every week and just give you tidbits and thoughts and whatever. We just chat, and it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Uh, have a fantastic week, uh, and we'll see you soon. Okay. Bye for now. Bye.